0: It's so... Beautiful people. Scripture today is from the sixth chapter of Isaiah, which is an outline for worship. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on throne high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the, the temple. Seraphs were in attendance. Above him. They each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the threshold shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me. I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips, yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed, and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's Trinity Sunday, so we don't have a lot of Scripture to turn to because finding the Trinity in Scripture is a very... Difficult and almost impossible thing. The Trinity tends more to be a doctrine that was developed over the course of hundreds of years through Christian debate. And there's nothing wrong with that. Christian tradition is a relevant source of knowledge and inspiration for our faith. Nothing wrong with that. From the start, eh, the first century, Trinity has emerged as a belief that God is revealed to us in three persons existing in a mutual relationship of love. Now, recently, feminist theologians have gotten the church in a snit over whether or not we can use language like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to refer to the Trinity. And people say, I don't like these new ways. You perhaps have heard of a theologian called Augustine or Augustine, as some may know. He was in the third century, a few years before feminist theology. He talks at great length, great length, about the Trinity as lover, beloved, and love. God is our lover, the one who loves us. Jesus is the beloved of God, and the Spirit is the bringer of love. Isn't that beautiful? But offering God new names is not a new thing, particularly as we think of the Trinity. One of the ways that I could have talked to the children today is to talk about water. It's a frequent way that we talk to children about the Trinity. Water is one thing, H2O. But it can be steam, or it can be liquid, Or it can be ice. One thing, three different ways of existing in the world. When St. Patrick went to Ireland, he used what he had around him to talk about the Trinity. Guess what? Shamrocks are one plant with three leaves. Unless you're lucky enough to find a four-leaf one. And one that I had never heard before that they're using now is to talk about the Trinity like an apple. An apple has skin and flesh and seeds. So there's different ways that we can talk about this essence of God that try to make it understandable for us because this is a concept that really makes no sense it's why many Muslims think Christians are infidels. You have three gods, they say. You talk about your three gods, three different modes of being, but yet you say there's one. It doesn't make any sense. And in order to, for it to make sense, you have to use words like homoousius, homo, homoousius, I'm mispronouncing that on purpose because it's so ridiculous to say, or philicae, or periclesis. There have been gallons of ink spilled over the notion of the Trinity what language to use, what is the relationship of the three figures of the Trinity, what is appropriate to call those entities. And many of you may not realize this, but the reason there is an Eastern Church, the Orthodox Church, and a Roman Church, the Catholic Church, all has to do with the doctrine of the Trinity. Do the Son... And the Spirit proceed from the Father, come from the Father. So there are two sources from one font, as the Eastern Church says. Or are they three? Co-equal, related, relating, each one different and yet the same. As the Western Church says. This was so important, they split into two churches, two entities. This is a big deal. And it is the most boring stuff you'll ever read in a theological book. And yet, once again, gallons of ink have been spilled. Karl Barth is perhaps the best known theolo- Reformed theologian of the 20th century, and he did what I think is helpful in this regard. He referred to the tri-unity of God. Not the Trinity, the tri-unity. I find that helpful. Three, one. All related, all one. He said there There is unimpaired unity, but also unimpaired distinction between the three in the tri-unity. And he referred to them because he believed that all of this had to do with God's revelation to us as revealer, the one who reveals, revelation, what was revealed to us through Jesus Christ, and revealedness. How, through the Spirit, we are affected by knowing God. Three distinct modes of being, in one essence, try unity. And I can see the looks on your face, and you're all going, okay, so what? Well, here's the so what. If the Trinity is about how God is revealed to us and who God is as God is revealed to us and what God wants to be revealed to us, then think of it this way. When we see God's creation all around us, the revealer is shown to us. when we learn of God's love for everyone from Jesus' life, revelation is present with us. And when we feel the power and strength of God's Spirit within us, revealedness affects us. And as we look at those three, try unity, in one, we know God's love in the community of the church. Put that way, perhaps we don't need gallons of ink, just faith and open eyes. Thanks be to God. Amen.